Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Sports Personality of the Year. The Laureus Sports Awards. Sunday Times Sportswoman of the Year. Sports Journalist Association Awards. Well, it is that time of year, and don't think of this as a bandwagon podcast, more a new annual event for the discerning Olympic and Paralympic sport enthusiast. It is the inaugural Anything But Footy Awards. It's an event set to rival, spectacle wearer of the year, rear of the year, and maybe the Brits, as the one they all want to win. I'm Michael. And I'm John. And in the next half an hour or so, we'll discuss the winners and maybe losers of 2019 as sporting capacity. If it was the world, we'd be here all day. Here are the categories then. We are having British sportsmen and then best sportsman across the world. Best British sportswoman and sportswoman across the world. Best British team and then sports team of the year. And best British moment and best sporting moment around the world. They might be the same. They could well be the same, or some might be others. Uh, To celebrate, we've come to the Gunmakers Pub in Ayres Street Hill in Clerkenwell. So firstly, Michael, cheers. Happy Christmas. Merry Christmas. This is the Anything But Footy Christmas Party and Awards. And there's you and me here, and a glittering array of sporting talent, theatre of the mind and all that. Some of the big sports personalities and teams... That have really made up the sporting year that was 2019. And it's been another terrific sporting it year. Has, it has. There might be a few. Sorry, they can't make it. So they want me to collect the award at this time. Um, where should we start? I think we start, as you say, there, with the award for our best British sportsman. Now, obviously, as I mentioned right at the start, there's been plenty of award ceremonies um, over the past few weeks past couple of months and some of the names that have been picking up the gongs this time of year Ben Stokes Jonathan Ray Lewis Hamilton Shane Lowry Adam Peaty Alan Wynne-Jones and others yeah it's a strong British um, flavour obviously for British sportsmen and also when you look at who you're voting for and we both of us were honoured to be on the the panel for the Laureus World Sports Awards which will be announced in in February so 
I've kind of got the person that I think should win it, and then my heart is telling me that somebody else will win it. Yeah, I agree with you there. I've also, in this category, think that we probably underestimated the achievements of Lewis Hamilton, who wouldn't, I have to say, first and foremost, would be my best British sportsman of the year. If anything, if we were handing out some kind of lifetime achievement gong, um, I think Lewis Hamilton would be right up there. F1 world champion for the sixth time, so he's one behind Schumacher now. He won half of this season's races for Mercedes. He's won 83 Grand Prix in total. Schumacher's record is, is 91. It's just boring, though. It is, and you have to also... <laughs> And this is to take nothing away from, obviously, clearly a magnificent driving talent, but technology plays such a big part in what he does. So whilst I think Lewis Hamilton's achievements over the last decade are fantastic, and I'm not a big F1 fan, to be honest, um, and I do think they've been slightly underestimated with everything else that's gone on this year, I do think he deserves an honourable mention. If this was my kid's school assembly, he'd be going up and getting a merit award right I don't now. Think, I don't think that's fair enough. I think that he would be my third on the list for this. And my second and third, um, my first and second, I can't really decide. So I'm going to stick with my anything but footy hat and we're doing the anything but footy awards. So for me, Adam Peaty beats Ben Stokes. Yeah, and, you know, I mentioned a few other names there. You've got Alan Wynne-Jones, you know, terrific captain of the Welsh Rugby Union side, captain of the Grand Slam, player of the year. For me, comes up a bit short because they were World Cup semi-finalists. I know it's a very high bar, but these are the inaugural anything but footy exactly. awards. Shane Lowry, I love the golfers, you know. Four brilliant days watching the Open in Northern Ireland. And an Irishman winning in yeah. in Ireland. And it was the first time the Open had gone back since 52. Something like that. And, and won it in terrific style as well. Two rounds of 67. Course record in the third round where he essentially won it, 63. He won by six shots. And remember, he started the season with only sort of partial status. So that, that's why he's on my list. And talking of Irishman, Jonathan Ray, of course. Again, like Lewis Hamilton, I think his achievements underestimated. World Superbike Championship for the fifth time, so puts him ahead of Carl Fogarty, holds the record now for most race wins. But I come down, like you, to the same two people, and I find it very difficult to separate Ben Stokes and Adam Peaty. So I'll put the case for Ben Stokes forward, first of all, and then you put Adam Peaty forward. Okay. And then we'll clink our glasses and move on. (laughs) Ben Stokes won the Cricket World Cup for England, not single-handedly, and I think that maybe is why... Some people will edge towards Adam Peaty because it's a team game. But what a dramatic way to win the Cricket World Cup. I mean, we're going to return to this, I'm sure, when we talk about everything else that was going on that afternoon because it was the same afternoon as the men's final at Wimbledon. But to go to a, a super over, to go to the last ball, this is... Extra time, penalties. And, and England were dead and buried Yeah, when he came into bat. And his, his achievements, you know, at Lord's, on that afternoon were absolutely fantastic and then he followed it up of course with the ashes and i know you know england didn't win the ashes australia retained the ashes but that third test triumph yeah. albeit without it, steve smith in the australian yeah. side it was missing with concussion and i'm beaten 135 it was a one wicket stand again cricket's not one of my big sports um but that for me elevates ben stokes in this category because it's not one of my big sports but like everyone else, I was into cricket in the summer, you know, and 
with all the other sporting events going on, and I know where I was that afternoon, it was watching neither the cricket or the Wimbledon. <laughs> I was in Stockton on Tees Town Centre watching John Archibald win a cycling race, but that's besides the point. But the fact that Ben Stokes inspired lots of people to, to follow cricket that maybe hadn't done, and the fact it was such a special afternoon with Wimbledon as well happening at the same time, and John Archibald in Stockton, of course. That's why I think he will be ahead of a lot of people's lists. So that leads us to Adam Peaty. And this man should have been nominated for Sports Personality of the Year. Yep. He is the greatest British swimmer ever. He's won more World Championship gold medals than anybody else. And he has been setting his own challenges because he's been so far ahead of every other breaststroker in the world that he's had to set his own targets to keep him motivated to keep him going for more glory at Tokyo 2020 no doubt and this year he beat his own 57 challenge where he is the first ever person to swim under 57 seconds uh, across 100 meters in the pool in the breaststroke he also continually stands up against drug cheats he backed Duncan Scott for his his uh, podium protest um, in the world championships and has been really vocal uh, about you know if you take drugs or you're found to cheat then you shouldn't be in the sport and then he's also been this whole ISL International Swimming League campaigner supporter really took it to the governing body of Swimming FINA and said what you're doing for us is not enough and we need something different and it was great for him to do that now on the flip side of it it's not Olympic year so he is a world champion uh, a three-time world champion. three-time world champion. Uh, just for this year alone. Um, but it's not an Olympic year. And next year in Tokyo will be bigger. But I think he'll face the same challenges that he, he did this year, which is why he's not nominated for Spotty, um, is because there will be other athletes who will be seen to be, if they win a gold medal, seen to be a bigger profile than Adam Peaty. But I think that he is our best British sportsman. He is so dedicated so focused on delivering for himself and for Britain and bringing that gold medal back next year that I can't see any other result. Now, I know I put the case for the defence of Adam Peter, uh, against Adam Peaty for Ben Stokes, but I, I think if you were to push me on it, I would agree with you um, for all the reasons you stated, not just his performance in the pool, but what he's done for his sport outside on the issues of the ISL and the staging of that and what he's done for doping as well. So I think on the first category of best British sportsman, we can clink the glasses and we agree, yes. Adam Peaty, for you and me. Right, one down. One down, seven to go. <laughs> and we'll go to international sportsman now. So a few of the people that I put down on my Laureus Sports Awards um, were Elliot Kipchoge. Yep. The first person ever to run the marathon under two hours. Wasn't a race, though. It was a staged event. With technology and everything else helping him. And the shoes. Yep. Um, Tiger Woods. 2019 Masters champion. First major championship win in 11 years. It's a heck of a comeback. We actually did a whole podcast themed on comebacks, didn't we? After that amazing result in March when he just came from nowhere. Tiger Woods. I know he's been on the comeback trail and been on the PGA Tour for the last few years, but never really looked like he was going to win a major. And I think he he came in and did that. And then to win another PGA title this year, it shows it wasn't a fluke. Mm. So I think he is 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 up there. Um, but I think maybe it's more of a moment 
rather than sportsman of the year so it could be the moment later in our in our awards and then for me i've put rafa nadal as another option you know i'm a massive tennis fan yep. and i've watched it since i was since growing up I had the pleasure of covering wimbledon a couple of times as well which is a, a unique competition but it's not just about wimbledon um he has now won 12 grand slam french titles the first person to ever hold 12 Grand Slams of the, of the same uh, competition, which is incredible. And everyone said he was finished a few years ago. They literally said his knees are gone and he was finished. And he, over the winter, he changed his serve and he's come back stronger and stronger and stronger. Not only did he win the French Open, he won the US Open. And he single-handedly is a bit harsh on the other players. But the Davis Cup in Madrid, the new-look Davis Cup, you know, he played doubles and singles he was a machine. And yeah, reminiscent of what Andy Murray did for Great Britain in, yeah. in 2015. People yeah. didn't see the new look Davis Cup this year. Rafa Nadal's contribution to it was what Andy Murray did when, when Great Britain won it a few years back. It, you know, Andy Murray, people said then, single-handedly dragged his nation through. That was under the old format, of course. But that was the, the kind of level of achievement we're talking about with Rafa Nadal. So those are some individual uh, sports men that we've mentioned. I just want to mention a couple from teams. Yep. Steve Smith already had a mention. Yep. The Australian cricketer. Yep. They retained the Ashes. Um, he came back from concussion. Well, he came back that. from the cheating allegations, and, of course. And as well, of course, the, the bigger allegations, <laughs> you know. But if you look back at that that Ashes series, seven hundred and seventy-four runs. That's an average of a hundred and ten. Are you not a cricket fan? And I'm not a cricket fan. <laughs> um, but again, even I can see that those statistics are. are a pretty impressive. He, he he was a machine as well. Yeah, and I think you know we talk about single-handedly dragging teams through. What a talisman he has been for yeah. for Australian cricket. And the other one I would mention would be C. Khaleesi, the first black captain of the Springboks. Um, of course, South Africa winning the Rugby Union World Cup final, beating England in the final thirty-two twelve. And what a unifying figure mm. in South African sport. So. I think for his achievements on the field, clearly captaining, and he, he was an excellent captain and, and leader. We spoke a lot about leadership um, in 2019 on our Great British Bosses podcast that we do. And I probably had underestimated how important leadership mm. in, a, in a team and an, an organisation um, has been since I met those, those leaders in British sport. And, and what a leader he was for the South African team and the South African nation as well. So I think... He's got to be on that list. But I'm going to go back, and I don't think we spoke about it enough, to the first name that you mentioned, Elliot Kipchoge. Well, he's so quick that I couldn't keep up with him. <laughs> well, he won four London marathons. Fourth London, he didn't win four London marathons this year. That would be <laughs> an amazing um, achievement. He won his fourth London marathon. But I think we all, we all think about what happened in, in Vienna, where... The track and everything was set up, and the light show and the shoes and everything. And it was else. run at the right at the right most best time, and all the rest of it. But aside from all that, and and you know that's technology's there in in every in every sport, um, or in and, everything that we do in life. Yeah, and and in in strategy is there, and you know even the hundred meter sprint, the, the the purest thing, if you like. You know, you're still wearing the thinnest vest technology. You're still wearing the special shoes and all the rest of it. So you can't say, oh, well, it was all technology-based um, because that's 
that's in every sport in, in football in cricket you choose your bat Ten- your tennis rackets if tennis not we'd be playing with wooden rackets so to run 26.2 miles in 1 hour 59 and, and 40 seconds and we talked about Adam Peaty earlier going under 57 seconds mm. you've got to put the sub 2 hour marathon with the 4 minute mile and the sub 10 second 100 metres it will be something we will talk about for a generation and that's why I would put him as my international sportsman of the year. Well, I'm going to stick with Rafa Nadal, so we're going to have to agree to disagree okay, on that's this Okay, fair one. enough, fair um, enough. So a combined uh, sportsman of the year for Nadal and, and Kipchoge, and I think, you know, for, for different reasons, they've really shown that they are incredibly world-class athletes. And, um, you know, I think it'll be interesting to see whether... They can both carry it on in 2020. Yeah, you're listening to the inaugural Anything Put Footy Awards. We're in the, the Gun Makers in Clerkenwell on Air Street Hill, near to Farringdon Station. We're essentially having our Christmas party, so we've both got a, a pint of something fizzy on the go. And we're just running through our awards, and we're up to Category 3. Category 3 for the, the Best British Sportswoman of the Year. Now, we probably don't need to major on this too much, because if people are regular listeners, yes. they'll they'll know we've talked... At length, when the Sports Personality Award nominations were out, we talked about Dina Asher-Smith against Katarina Johnson-Thompson. We talked about both with the Sunday Times Sportswoman of the Year Awards. Now, the one name that didn't really enter those discussions because she wasn't on the list, but the name that I would put right up there is Alice Tai. Seven gold medals at the Paris Swimming World Championships in London. Most decorated athlete of the event. Five individual titles, two world records as well. I think anyone that wins seven medals, uh, seven gold medals at one championship. At a world. It, at wasn't, a world, it wasn't a European, it was a world. A world level is pretty special, isn't she? Yeah, I, th- I think she is. And I think she's been under underrated in the terms of, of looking at the looking back at the year. And I was fortunate enough to go to those championships, admittedly for 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 a day, but it was a great atmosphere in the aquatic centre. It always is. London staged it really well at short notice. Yep, they kind of came to the rescue of uh, of the of the para swimming championships, and she performed. And every day she delivered. And I'm disappointed that she hasn't quite got the recognition in the wider media because she was recognised in the Sunday Times. Um, for, for disability sportswoman of sportswoman of the year and British Swimming named her ahead of Adam Peaty as you correctly pointed out on a recent episode of Anything But Footy as their swimmer of the year. So within the sport, she's been recognised. And yeah. if Adam Peaty's finding it difficult to break through to the general public, she's finding it even more difficult. There has obviously been with her some issues over categorisation, and that's always going to be a talking point in para sport. So she was in the S10 category in Rio, where she won a bronze medal. She's now in the S8 category, which brought her up against Jessica Long, who was a legendary American Paralympian and gone unbeaten for 10 years over 400 metres freestyle. And she blitzed her away. You look at some of those winning times. She won the 100 metres backstroke. Uh, Alice Tubbo over eight seconds. That's that's huge. Uh, over two seconds in that, that four hundred meters freestyle as well. So, you know, she is she's got to be on our list um, for best British sports. And the only thing that you can say is at least twenty twenty is coming along, and she hasn't won an individual Paralympic medal yet, but she's uh, nailed on one assumes in Tokyo. And you think of the profile that they will get 
during those championships that she should get that recognition in, in 2020. But for, for me, I think she's definitely on this short list, as you rightly say. Uh, Dina Asher-Smith, we've talked about so many times, you know, 200-meter uh, gold world champion, uh, two silvers in the world championships as well, first ever British athlete to win three medals in Doha at the world championships. Uh, Katarina Johnson-Thompson, you know. Putting... I've beaten the drum for Katarina Johnson-Thompson on so many occasions. Um, I think so many people have majored on what Dina Asher-Smith has done. Um, Katarina's achievements, a lot of people, I think, in the public eye has been eclipsed. And I think, actually, in terms of the, the pure athleticism of, of being a world heptathlon champion, four PBs across the events, um, I'm surprised she's not received more plaudits than she has. And the demons that she's put behind her as well now, as well in her own uh, kind of confidence. Yep. Um, and then Hannah Cockcroft as well should be in that list as well. 11-time world champion. And I think with, with Hannah Cockcroft, who won another couple of golds, of course, out in Dubai, she again transcends her sport a little bit. She she has broken through with the public. She is an infectious character. Um and I think, obviously, since 2012 and the profile of our para-athletes have, have gone through the roof, and I've spoken about this before, I, I, I want to, in a way, stop making that distinction between the para-athletes and, and so-called able-bodied athletes. I just want to consider them all as, as athletes yeah. now because I think that's what their achievements should be considered. And Hannah Cockcroft's achievements stand up against all of those people that we mentioned, Alice Ty, Dina Asher-Smith and Katrina Johnson-Thompson. So... Let me pin you down. As Smokey once said... Oh, where are we going with this? Who the beep is Alice? <laughs> I think we all know who Alice Ty is, and she is our British Sportswoman of the Year. I think we agree on that one. Woo-hoo! So a clink of the glasses. There we go. So we've agreed on two out the three. Not Interesting. Bad. Can I just go back? Because I've obviously really push for Katarina Johnson-Thompson on previous <laughs> You're podcasts. You're defending yourself now. So a lot of people may accuse me of, of going back on, on that. What I, I would say is that Katarina Johnson-Thompson and, and Dean Rasher-Smith, both nominated by the BBC, both nominated in the same award for the, the Sunday Times Sportsman of the Year. So I was pushing KJT against Dasher in those categories. We're including Hannah and, and Alice in this as well, and that's why I think, for me, Alice eclipses KJT this time around. Fully justified. Well done. Phew. Got out of that one. <laughs> so let's go to the international uh, sportswoman of the year. And I think one major sporting event for, for women's sport this year stood out for me above most. And, and that was the Women's World Cup football. Anything but footy, though. Yes. Um, but we did make the disclaimer at the start that we would, on anything but footy, cover the Lionesses because we are all about covering team gb yeah team gb para gb are our our two sort of main building blocks our pillars if you like that we've built the podcast on team gb will field a women's football team in tokyo and we're all about talking about sports that we don't think get the coverage and you know to go right back to when we started this a year ago um a little bit retrospectively we said what we didn't want to sit here and discuss was managerial merry-go-rounds yeah we didn't want to be talking about Jose Mourinho or Unai Emery. We didn't want to be talking about transfer tittle-tattle, who's going where in January. We wanted to talk about achieving sports men and women, Paralympic level, at Olympic level, and the Lionesses for me. And what, what a breakthrough year it's been for the Lionesses. What a breakthrough year it's been for women's football. And, you know, that uh, a lot of people 
in the world of football and both you and I go to a lot of football yeah. and, and we're not anti-football we've always said that a lot of people at the start of the season well no major finals this year what we're we going to do this summer Premier League's ending it's going to be months to the football <laughs> and, and actually we had on BBC One and BBC Two a live World Cup in our time zone prime time that caught the public imagination and that's why going back to the award Sportswoman of the Year, I think you've got to look at, at two um, American footballers. Um, and I think Alex Morgan scored a lot of the goals. He's one of them. Um, but the one that everyone was talking about was, was Megan Rapinoe. I like her because she told Trump where to go. Yeah, I'm Piers Morgan. <laughs> and that's happy. I'm happy for both of those. That She could just win it for, for my point of view. But no, look, seriously, she's a World Cup winner. She's a Golden Ball winner. She's the Golden Boot winner. And she captured the imagination as well as the team capturing the imagination. And I think she is definitely up there. So I'm happy for her to be on the shortlist. The rules can be broken yep. uh, for, uh, for, for sportswomen. And Who I else? Think she is, is, a, is a good bet. Simona Halep. I was doing some research and I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot that she won Wimbledon. And I've always liked Simona Halep when she won the French Open a few years back and she's been world number one for, for a year but couldn't quite do it at another Grand Slam and winning a second Grand Slam is a, such an achievement and she was so thrilled you say that like you've done it <laughs> yeah I, I feel like I have at times watching Andy Murray at times but and Tim Hemman before that um, but it's, it is an achievement Fred and, Perry before that uh, yeah quite <laughs> and she crushed Serena Williams in 56 minutes in the Wimbledon final and Again, I think as a sporting moment and something that she achieved and she, her mum was delighted to be at Wimbledon because Wimbledon was massive in Romania and stuff. So I think that was someone I'd kind of forgotten about who I wanted to bring in into the shortlist. And then from our kind of athletics point of view, Shelley Ann Fraser-Price, Alison Felix, two really big worldwide stars who, you know, um, have come back from being mothers um, well, they're still mothers. Um, yeah. They've come back from from giving birth and delivering. And the, the pictures of Shelly Ann Fraser-Price with the, her, her son after she won the 100-meter gold in Doha and going around the track and having the interviews was a, was a great sight. And Alison Felix is up there with Usain Bolt. She's won as many major medals as Usain Bolt and, again, doesn't get that recognition. No, she's been an absolutely fantastic um, ambassador for a sport her medal tally um, Alison Felix I think speaks for itself um, you know I think when you compare her record to and we've said this before Usain Bolt Michael Johnson it it really does stand up there and I think the other thing you know and, and what I think we've also tried to reflect with these is, is people that have gone above and beyond um, their sport and I think Alison Felix speaking out against Nike um, and other people, sportswear manufacturers and, and sporting authorities this year over the issue of, of getting pregnant and, you know, having finances cut off and things. Speaking out on be behalf of her sex, on behalf of women everywhere uh, and her fellow female athletes, again, makes her a very, very worthy inclusion. Um, but there's one person that's probably missing. Yep. I think we might say would be named sportswoman. Of the world. Well, I was just before we get onto. I was. I was just going to mention one other person, Katie Taylor, the the, oh, the yeah, boxer. Yeah. Um, you know, became a, a two weight world champion in, in 2019 uh, in Manchester as well. Her professional record, if you like, since she she turned pro, she was one of those like Nicola Adams that that kind of broke through as far as most people are concerned in 2012. Um, six wins by knockout, nine by decision. 
no losses. So, um, again, you know, I think just worthy of inclusion, but yep. I know who you were going on to speak about, and that is Simone Biles. Yeah, and like I said about Adam Peaty, it's not Olympic year. So next year when she wins more Olympic gold medals, she will be, uh, profile will be bigger. But five world gymnastic golds in this year alone. In Stuttgart in one championship yeah. is, is phenomenal. Her record fifth all-round title as well, which, you know, every couple of years, if you're delivering that, is, is incredible. She's only 22. That's amazing when you think... <laughs> She seems to have been around for, for a long Ages. time, doesn't she? I mean, I remember her very early in, in 2012 and, and then obviously massively in 2016. But yeah, for me, I can't see past that performance and that peak of performance um, and delivering when you need to deliver because that's the other thing. You know, all of these people we've talked about deliver when they need to, but you have to get it even more precise i think in gymnastics we've talked there about a a really good spectrum of you know really outstanding sports women from across the globe but i come down to the same name again as you i think we're agreeing once more on simone biles as our our sportswoman of the year as far as the, the global sporting world is concerned and i'm delighted to say she can join us at that. <laughs> no she's <laughs> she's not here in clerkenwell in the pub but We'll have another gulp of the beer. This is essentially our Christmas party um, you're listening to. Um, John's half a pint in. I'm about a third yeah, of a pint yeah. in. Uh, a it's, quicker, our, it's our inaugural Anything But Footy Awards. We've, we've Halfway through, we've done four. And I just want to mention then our next award, which is our British Team of the Year. Now, you now know you've, how... got, you've got two teams on here that are football. Well, yeah, and I was just going to say, you know at this time of year when people play that game where if they hear Wham! last Christmas... You now need to warn them you're going to play it so that they can leave the shop or turn off the radio. I'm going to warn the anything but footy listeners that for the next 20 seconds I'm going to talk about football. Boo! Um, Liverpool winning the Champions League. Yeah. Great comeback against Barcelona. Yeah. Really poor final, so I can't elevate them any further than that mention. Manchester City winning a first ever domestic quadruple. No team, even the, the Fergie dynasty, the great Liverpool team of the 80s. Not able to buy their way, uh, win the um, four domestic trophies. We'll leave that to somebody else. You could switch back on now, although yeah. we are going to mention football again with the Lionesses. They've got to be on the list, surely? Yeah, they have to be on the list because obviously they finished third in the... No, they finished fourth. fourth. Lost to they the, lost in the third place Lost playoff. to Sweden, yeah. Um, I think they did well at the World Cup. I'm not sure they quite achieved what they wanted to achieve. No. And Phil Neville said that which I'm not sure a manager should say and their form since hasn't been, been fantastic has not been but amazing. going back to the conversation had earlier for for three weeks in the summer we got excited not just about football about watching England in a major tournament about watching women's football we dared to dream yeah. and attendances have increased in the women's Premier League as well which is which is important but for for me there's only one winner in this. Yeah, the only other team I would mention um, would be the England netball team. They did finish third in a home world championships in Liverpool, won the bronze medal, lost to New Zealand in the semi-finals, beat South Africa for the third place, which I think would be a phenomenal achievement uh, for the England netball team if they hadn't in the previous year won the gold medal in such dramatic circumstances in the semi-final yeah. and then the final on the Gold Coast. It was yeah. like they went to Australia and they took on 
with the Commonwealth Games, all the best netball nations in the world. They won it in what like was a movie in the semi-final. You could imagine that final point being in slow motion. And then the sequel, when they did it again in the final. But then they came home and didn't defend it. And, and that, you know, I think finishing third in a World Cup, brilliant performance. But it was eclipsed by their earlier achievements. So, again, like you... I think I'm coming back to one team as far as our British team of the year is concerned. Yeah, and I think we're saying it's the England men's cricket team. We are saying it's the England men's cricket team. Uh, Never won the World Cup before. No. Many chances. I can remember watching them in their pyjamas in 1992, England against Pakistan. I remember that because it was on um, satellite television and at the last minute there was like a deal done to to give 30 minutes of highlights for like a special BBC sports night program. But I can remember, and again, I'm not a big, big cricket fan, but I remember listening on the bus to school, um, listening to that final on the radio, and then looking forward to to watching 30 minutes of it on the television later that night. And Uh, this time the deal was done to get that terrestrial TV audience. And that, that was, I think, very important. I think it was. I mean, there was a lot of pressure to do it on home soil. We talked about the netball girls not quite matching the expectations probably to, to, to win the World Cup. But those England cricketers, and when they, I think they lost uh, midway through the first stage and there was a few question marks. But although no one was particularly watching in the UK, it was sold out. Yeah. But it wasn't front and centre until we really got to the took, semi-finals. Yeah, it took final. a long time to get going. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a long the competition because the there's a cricket. lot of matches. Isn't yeah, it? and then but everyone then did start talking about it. And, and in fact, the Rugby Union World Cup, which happened obviously this year as well, and, and England, fantastic win in the semis um, over New Zealand and came up short in the final, would probably have been a contender in most other years. But the Rugby Union World Cup seemed to build even before it started. There was hype about it, but that wasn't the same in the summer. We, no. we, you know, we were still hyped, to think, by the, the Women's World Cup that we'd seen and, and Wimbledon and all those other big sporting events that happened in the summer. It took a bit of time just for us to get into cricket, but suddenly cricket was, was the new football. <laughs> and, and Ben Stokes, obviously the superhero. We've talked about him before. The super over, whatever that was. Yeah, no well, one had a clue. I, I said it. It was extra time, penalty, sudden <sighs> death, and then something else, wasn't it? And that moment, obviously, you know, in, in that final ball, taking off the the bales as New Zealand were going for their their second run. Oh, um, that ab- was crazy. absolute drama that I heard about later because I was in Stockton High Street <laughs> watching cycling. And then the Ashes come back. You know, they they were again. It looked like they were going to lose the Ashes. So they, yeah, Australia retained it, but that comeback, and everyone calls it the Botham Ashes, I think probably it will be known as the, the Stokes Ashes, that. But also bespeckled, or bespectacled, Jack Leach. Yep. You know, he, him defending that, that last wicket was, was, in, was incredible to see too. So it wasn't just a one-man team. It's, it, it was across different categories of cricket as well, one day, and test match as well. For me, they are the, the, the team of the year. Time to charge the glasses uh, because we agree again on our British team of the year, which we are awarding to the England cricket team. Wow. Who are away, obviously, on a tour um, over the winter. Um, so not here to collect their award <laughs> and uh, not on satellite either. And no video message. <laughs> so let's move on to our international team of the year. Maybe they've 
bothered themselves to turn up. I don't know. Uh, we talked about the USA football team, the women's football team, winning, um, of course, the World Cup in France, beating the Netherlands in the final, beat England in the semi-final, um, basically beating Thailand uh, by a cricket score, 13-0 in the group stages as well. Um, great achievement from the US football team. Uh, I, You're a big tennis fan, um, and I, I love the tennis, um, but my main focus in the summer is the golf. Uh, and I loved watching the Solheim Cup this year. Captain yeah. by Katrina Matthew, who of course was uh, a history-making golfer in Rio, part of the, the British team. Charlie Hull, who was on Team GB with her, was part of that Solheim Cup team at Glen Eagles with, with Georgia Hall, who was a Women's Open winner the year before. Uh, Jodie Shedoff, Bronte Law, all English. Uh, was a Scottish golfer there. We had a Spanish, Dutch, Norwegian, French, German and Swedish golfers. So um, a real European lineup in this year where Europe has dominated <laughs> so many headlines but I'm glad that for one afternoon the story on Europe and all the discussion about Europe was going down to a really exciting singles competition and Europe having to win their last three singles matches to take that 14 and a half to 13 and a half points and you know we've spoken a great deal about gender equality and gender inequality um, and that's going to be a discussion point on another Anything But Footy special where we're going to be looking ahead to the, the next Tokyo Olympics, um, which you'll be able to hear over the new year period. Um, and if the IOC are trying to get gender equality and get rid of gender inequality, the division, if you like, between the Solheim Cup and, and the Ryder Cup and the profile that one gets compared to the other is a little bit unequal mm. for me. So, And that's my issue with it. That I just didn't see it. Yeah, and I, I, was, think... I didn't get enough exposure. I was on the radio. Um, well, I just didn't hear about it. The Ryder Cup obviously dominates national broadcasters. It's on five live from nine in the morning to eight at night. It's on Talk Sport. It's on Sky. You've got three hours of highlights on the BBC of an evening. The Solheim Cup doesn't get that coverage. And unfortunately, then that really exciting afternoon of golf was missed by a lot of people. But as a, a golf fan yeah. and a golf aficionado, I have to highlight that achievement um, for our international team. And it was a truly international team as well. Uh, South Africa men's rugby team, we've touched on earlier as well. I mean, they overpowered the favourites England, particularly in the second half in that final. Um, an inspiring story of the first black captain as well, uh, Khaleesi, that we've mentioned. But I wanted to mention Japan as well as a rugby team because... They played brilliantly. I mean, they easily got through to the quarterfinals despite the hoo-ha well, over. Lost to South Africa, and of course, in, yeah, in the in the in the in the in the knockout stages. But they put on a great show, and I think it means that Tokyo twenty twenty is going to be mightily impressive as yeah, well. Yeah, and you know, I think I would say then to the people in twenty nineteen that knocked the awarding of the World Athletics Championships to Doha that. Sometimes you can't send sporting events to the same strongholds. The Rugby Union World Cup can't always be staged in the British Isles, France, Australia or New Zealand. Or South Africa. Or South Africa. At some point, it's going to have to go to Argentina to grow the game. It might have to go to Romania if Romania are going to step up to the Six Nations. The USA. It might have to be hosted by the USA, Italy, you know, whatever. And it was Japan's turn. Um, to step up this time. They did a fantastic job of hosting, um, which you've mentioned as well. The team obviously got a boost from being the host nation as well. And I wasn't there, but I know a lot of people that were there and spoke to a lot of people that were there. And they all said it was it was fantastic. 
But if I was to be pushed on my team of the year for the fact that it just transcended sport and brought back all those memories from the mid-90s when Nelson Mandela in, in Ellis Park in Johannesburg and, you know, and all that we've seen the film and everything else from South Africa winning the Rugby World Cup then, I would give it to the South African Rugby Union team this time around. So can I be controversial? Go on. And say, not with my England hat on, that the England cricket team should win this category as well. Because if you were New Zealand, you had to sit back and go, wow, okay, yeah, you just we were just beaten by a better team. Which is one of the things I loved about the Cricket World Cup final was that the Kiwis said that afterwards. They were like, it's just one of those things. They were just beaten by someone better. And the Aussies as well were beaten in the Ashes. I have a feeling that we could say that England cricket win team of the year and British team of the year. England, if they'd gone to... Australia, or they'd gone to New Zealand or South Africa and won the World Cup, I'd be inclined to agree with you. But I think the fact that they won it on on a home pitch probably went in their favour a little bit. And that's why the fact that South Africa went to what is an unusual territory. Because they'd only won it before. At home. Oh, no, they won it in France, though, didn't they? Yeah, they won it in France as well. But to go to Japan where, you know, test nations don't regularly go and compete and... Um, and as I said, that, that achievement of transcending the sport for an afternoon and, and having a, a black captain... Jack Leach doesn't do it for you. Please. No, having a, a black <laughs> captain lifting that, that trophy that yeah. we've seen lifted before, I think with this one we have to disagree. Second category we've disagreed on, so there'll be no charging of the glasses no this charging. time. No sorry. I'm going for South Africa, you go for England, I go for Rugby Union, you go for cricket. I go for cricket. Double win for cricket. So we've got two to go. Yep, best British moment. Mm. I would now give this one to the cricket team. <laughs> um, I just don't think there's been a sporting moment in 2019 as that final run attempt that New Zealand had to, to win that World Cup final. Katarina Johnson-Thompson? It's, it's, for me, it's, Those it's, not, a, it's not a moment. Um, that that I, I'm, I'm, it is for her. To be it, it is for her. Yeah. Um, and as you know, Martin, we, as Marty McCutcheon said, this is my <laughs> moment. perfect moment. <laughs> uh, we've really, really <laughs> lost it here at the uh, the inaugural awards, the Christmas party. These songs coming up by the DJ later. Two Come third, on. two thirds of a pint. He's quoting ex EastEnders number one singles from the the late nineteen nineties. <laughs> to get back on onto topic, Jason Roy's throw and Joss Butler taking the bails off is a moment now during the general election campaign there was a lot of talk about uh, the english language and and you know there's lots of talk about what the word more might mean or whatever and literal meanings of things so i'm gonna choose the word moment okay. and major on that and go as a moment that for me eclipses the achievements of a two down two day campaign for Katarina Johnson Thompson. So Andy Murray, broken down in tears in Melbourne. Told this story before. I had a nap one afternoon in January. I woke up, put the radio on. I thought he'd passed away. Such were the eulogies to him and his career. Fortunately, uh, within about forty minutes, I found <laughs> out it was just that it looked like his career might be over. Of course, it wasn't. And that's an incredible moment for him. And if you've watched, I haven't watched the Amazon. Uh, program yet but read a, a lot about it and the pain that he went through to get back to where he wants to get back to 
the doubles title at Queen's with Feliciano Lopez as a tennis fan was one of those moments. It was a, a great week of tennis action and a, a great final to see that. Seeing him back at Wimbledon, his first ATP Tour title in 31 months. I think he needs to be nominated, Andy Murray. We haven't talked enough about him in our podcast today. Um, so I'm saying that. And then with my Norfolk hat on, my Sophie McKinnon moment. So the World Championships in Doha, shot put is not the most glamorous finals that people talk about, but actually it's there as a World Championship gold medal to be won. There's an Olympic gold medal to be won. And Sophie is someone who I really, really respect because she went out there. I met her at a team announcement and she was going to go out there. She'd had her best season uh, throughout the summer. She then went to Doha and she threw a personal best in the semis, in the qualifiers to reach the final. But not only that, but then book her Olympic spot as well at the same time. And to do that while holding down two jobs, as well, she's not funded by the uh, by the lottery, and has turned down funding for another year. Yeah, she has been offered funding, but has decided to to keep the status quo as because well. it's working for her. Yeah, and it's... I think there's so much. It's too easy to say lottery funding is the reason for every success because it's not. It's it's what works for you, and she's worked it out. And I think again with your moment description. For me, that moment, that picture of Sophie celebrating her success is a is an is an iconic moment. And I did cover Doha a lot, and I you know I, I'll be openly say I'm openly biased about it because she's from Norfolk as well. But I think that was a great moment. And I just want to mention one other thing, and I'm completely contradicting what I was saying here about the cricket and that just being a moment, and that's my definition of a moment. Um, you mentioned lottery funding and, and the body, obviously, that's in charge of handing that out is UK Sport. Been tremendously successful, not just on, on winning medals, but bringing big sporting events to this country as well. And we've seen big sporting events to the con- come to this country this year with the Netball World Cup, for example. And an event that I covered a lot this year was the road, world ci- the world road cycling in, in Yorkshire. Mm. And I thought, although... It made you ill. It made me ill but i mean stood in the rain in harrogate for for most of the week um gave me if you listen back to some of the episodes after that a little bit of a croaky throw um i just thought there were some great moments in that because the weather was so atrocious you had cyclists cycling through what appeared to be small rivers at times um some amazing images if you want to go and, and away and google some of the the images of the cyclists i thought as a moment, as a sporting week in Yorkshire, building on the, the Grand Depart from 2014, the subsequent editions of the Tour de Yorkshire, I have to just say, you know, hats off Yorkshire, welcome to Yorkshire, the agency, and hats off to UK Sport for, for bringing another major sporting event and bringing, you know, all the world's best cyclists to the country. I thought it was, it was brilliant. Yeah, but I think we're agreeing that the cricket, cricket team... Yeah, having said all that... <laughs> <laughs> the Cricket World Cup. We uh, charge our glasses again and say cheers. And I think we are agreeing the best British sporting moment of the year was the Cricket World Cup final. Indeed. So it brings us on to our final award. Yes. The literally, literally the best sporting <laughs> moment of the year from, well, our, our viewpoints, really. Go on, you start. Uh, well, I mean, we could talk about everything that we've already talked about. I mean, Rafa Nadal and... Even the Wimbledon final, um, you know, with Djokovic. Dina um, Asher-Smith. Dina Asher-Smith. At the World Championships. Not just winning her three medals, but helping fellow athletes that were injured. 
that was a, a photograph, a moment, a picture that went around the world. Everyone went, my word, she's not just very, very good at running. She's not just very, very quick around the bend. She's not just lightning fast from, you know, gun to finish line, but she's obviously a decent human being as well. That That's got to be there or thereabouts. Yep. Um, and Adam Peaty breaking the world record. And Elliot Kipchoge, a, a two-hour... Uh, sub two hour marathon in Vienna. Serious, all of them. And then I've got a few more to chuck in. So Coco Gorf. Yep. At Wimbledon. At Wimbledon. The youngster, teenager. 15 years of age, smiling at SW19. That's what I remember. Just yeah. a smile. I think, and, you know, with, with Coco Gorf, I think it brings for me memories of like Jennifer Capriati and Anna Kornikova. And there are obviously others sort of before my time, but those were two in sort of my. Martina Hingis. My, yeah, Martina Hingis, of course. How could I forget? In my sort of. Younger years, watching those break through um, as teenagers and coming through and having fantastic success. And Boris Becker, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah you know, in, in 85, yeah. probably my first memory of Wimbledon yeah. as a 17-year-old. So, you know, that's another production line moment of a teenager doing doing fantastically well at Wimbledon. We mentioned Shane Lowry, but Andy Ruiz Jr. beating Anthony Joshua. No one saw that. That was a moment. Well, no one saw it when they looked at him, did they? <laughs> <laughs> it was like the bloke that stood on the... Doors outside your local pub, pub knocking Anthony well, Joshua over. Well, Anthony Joshua didn't think he was going to do it either. No, well, something obviously, you know, didn't go right in the build-up and the, the fight for Anthony Joshua there. So, yeah, well, Anthony Ruiz Jr. was on my my list as part of the panel for the Laureus World Sporting Awards. So, um, you know, he, he is certainly um, someone I'd never heard of if we'd sat here 12 months ago in this lovely little pub in the central London that we're in doing this at the moment. Um, yeah, certainly uh, I think he's he, he's worthy of inclusion and mention. And then Tiger Woods. Yeah, well, I know you've um, sort of banged the drum for Tiger um, quite a lot this year. Uh, you know, I don't want to hold his personal indiscretions against him forever, but the, the stardust, the glitter around Tiger Woods just... Just uh, slightly less illuminated than it once was. But, but that's for me. the that's the, in, the incredibleness of it that he he literally fell off a golf cart. Yeah, and he has clawed him way his way back. And you don't have to like the man, um, but you can respect no, and I just, appreciate to get back to a Masters winning level. I just think that he's had so much attention for what's been some big failings in his personal life, and you've got. Someone like Max Parrott, who's a you know a snowboarder who's battled really really serious injury this year, uh, and come back to be a contender again and win at the X Games, and you know that that was a, a personal setback that was not of his own doing um, with Max Parrott. That was just you know a very very serious illness, yeah. which you know he he's come back from, he's come through, and you know he's back back winning medals and. I just it, it sticks in my throat a little bit that you know we will give Tiger Woods a sportswear manufacturer might give Tiger Woods several more million for winning the Masters because of what we've seen in the past a little bit and and someone like Max Parrot gets forgotten and that's yeah. why I wanted to mention him. You've mentioned him, so what are we going to agree on? Well, I'm going to have to say my my international sporting moment of the year is the same as my British. Sporting moment. So it's of cricket. The year. It's the it's the cricket World Cup final. Just because it was so dramatic, it 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 was like something you wouldn't have dared to write mm. if 
if you were making the cricket version of Goal, a terrible Newcastle movie. Alan Shearer in that. Probably. Anna Friel was, I remember that. Um, if you were making... Mike Lowen. Oh, no, that, that was that, the Real Madrid one. That cricket movie, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have dared to write that storyline. So, great British moment. And for me, the international sporting moment of the year was England winning the wow. Cricket World Cup. I think you're, pro- I think you're right. And I, but I don't think that's just us with our English glasses, glasses on. I think if you were outside the world watching that event, then you'd expect that we would say that was our sporting moment of the year if you like so there you go we haven't agreed on everything um but if we were just to run through some of the names so we agreed on that one we have there we go we've agreed on that one so we haven't agreed on everything but some of the names that we've honored in our inaugural awards um adam Peaty as our best british sportsman uh, which we agreed on uh, Elliot Kipchoge, um, I think we agreed on. Didn't no, we? Or we didn't did you agree. go for Tiger? In Rafa. The you have Rafa, that was it. Uh, so uh, Rafa and Elliot Kipchoge for international sportsmen. Uh, Alice Ty, of course, for best British sportswoman. Uh, best international sportswoman, Simone Biles. Uh, team, the England cricket team have scooped a few of our awards. Yep. The international team. I went for South Africa. I went for England. You went for England. And then the British moment and international moment, uh, we both went for the England cricket team and the Cricket World Cup final. And that concludes the inaugural Anything But Footy Woo! Awards for 2019. Cheers, John. Thank you very uh, don't much. Don't forget, of course, Anything But Footy, the regular weekly update on everything Olympic and Paralympic. We'll be back with a New Year special and how apt and appropriate that at the start of 2020 we'll be looking forward to the 2020 Olympics and looking at what's new and what's fresh and what's different for the next edition of the Olympic Games. And then, of course, we'll be building up to the Olympics and the Paralympics, of course, all the way through until the game. So it's, well, just basically for us to say have a great Christmas and a happy new year. And thank you very much for listening. Merry Christmas. Podcast Network. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.